Well, everybody, welcome to this beautiful live stream. Today is Friday, almost 6 p.m. here this beautiful evening. We're doing well streaming to Instagram, to Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all the places. Twitch, welcome to everybody, but mostly my family on Instagram. I thank you guys for being here. I love you guys, miss you guys. Talking about how to deal with depression, how to help someone that's maybe going through depression, maybe you are. What are some of the hangups that especially people of, of you know Christians we have with depression and I shouldn't be depressed and all of the guilt that comes with it if you are anxious or afraid or lonely or anything like that. And how, to, how not to live in, in fear or guilt or shame or uh, feeling that, that you should be stronger than you really are or there's something wrong with your faith or with your Bible study or with your prayer life if you are dealing with some of these things. And to really help you to be free from the stigma. And it's not called stigma for no reason. It is a stigma that especially people in the church we carry I carried it for many years, but thankfully I had a mentor that helped me when I was maybe 21, 22, and I was maybe actually older, maybe 23, and he he was a, a pastor, a doctor of ministry, a man of God, an amazing preacher, and a man who loved the word, loved the Lord, but he, he told me what I was dealing with, and he embraced me, he loved me, he didn't condemn me, he didn't say, oh, well, let's pray, let's read Philippians 4, Matthew 5, Matthew 6. He gave me all those verses, but he talked about it more from a human perspective. And I think that's what we need more than anything, more than ever, because I have found that most of our churches aren't equipped to help people that are not perfect or can't always give or serve or do everything at a thousand percent every day, all the time. And without knowing, we live in guilt, or maybe we just keep going, go, 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 or we cry in silence, or we suffer in silence, or maybe we tell God, maybe we tell a friend, but we end up going to TikTok videos or to wherever to get our help. Or we go to the scriptures, of course, we should go to the Bible, but we don't have that helping hand with practical tools. See, here's the thing that I like to always remind people, young people, any really all ages, when it comes to fear, depression, loneliness, shame, anger, let's not forget anger, that's also a thing, busyness, exhaustion, hidden fear, hidden anxiety, hidden nerves, all the hidden things. Let's not forget that in the Bible there are plenty of examples, Jesus, Elijah, Paul, Peter, Moses, Jonah, Abraham, Jacob, Jesus, did I mention Jesus, John, Mary, uh, Rahab, Esther, you name it. There are all kinds of people, Old Testament, New Testament, the Savior himself, Paul, that dealt with these kinds of issues. Now, not everyone does in the Bible or in real life. Statistics are that about 50% of people, so that's five out of 10 at a church of 50, 25 at a church of 150 people are dealing with these topics, but they hide it and not everyone does so. So you might be someone who doesn't face 
these topics outside of just the overwhelm here and there. And it has something to do that you're stronger or that you're more spiritual or that you're holier than thou. It's just simply a personality thing. Just like some people can sing and others can. Some people can paint and others can. Some people can run fast. Other people can't. So are these things. It's a personality trait. It's a gift. It really is a gift, even though we see it as a as something to pray away or to be delivered from. And I have been delivered from it. But it it requires tools, therapy, guidance. I don't know why we're so afraid of therapists and counseling in a lot of our churches. It really is a tragedy because I have been healed primarily through mentorship and guidance. And if I can say it this way, not through Bible studies and prayer. I'm not saying that those things haven't been life-changing. At the end of the day, I do go back to Jesus, and He is my foundation. But it would be like someone saying, well, do you pray or do you do your budget? Do you pray and read the Bible or do you pay your bills on time? You'd be crazy to think, well, aren't they connected? Shouldn't I pray and then I have to still do my bills and do my taxes? or work out or eat healthy. It's the same thing with our mental game. Our financial game or our physical game requires more than prayer and Bible study or serving. It requires going to the gym. And let's say you do have blood pressure issues, maybe you take medication. Or if you have a headache, you take Advil. Now, there are some people that will just pray and God heals them. But most of us, I don't know about you, but we take Advil. We take I don't know, maybe sleeping pills. Maybe you take um, high blood pressure medication or you run or you exercise. You change your habits, your diet, your eating plan. My point is that we don't just pray. Jesus was both human and divine. He, it says that he was tempted in every situation, yet he did not sin. My point is that he experienced loneliness, sadness, temptation, despair, abandonment, anger, anxiety, depression. He experienced uh, betrayal, anger, as I said. Elijah, Jonah, Moses. I mean, Moses hit a rock out of pure anger. And he got left out of the promised land because of his anger. So there is a line that we have to be aware of. But it doesn't mean that we can't be human. That's really the thing that I grieve the most is... This idea that we can't be human if we are weak or experiencing weakness. I have countless, you're not the only one, countless, dozens of people every day, every week, not every day, every week, every month at least, that reach out to me in private, through DMs, in private messages saying, I am struggling. Leaders, amazing people of all ages, top, bottom people that are just starting in their faith, people that are at the top of their game, people that you would never think, people that look beautiful and serving and Instagram perfect on the outside, but they're not like completely a mess on the inside. They're just human on the inside. Loneliness, sadness, pain, depression, anxiety, fear, anger, trust issues, shame. Leaders, Christians, and we're not talking about the person off the street, although I welcome that too. But we're talking about people just like you and me that have been in the church serving, that look amazing on stage and look great, as I said, on, on their phones, online, 
but are just going through a human moment. And it comes from different things. It could be trauma. It could be, it could be something that happened recently, a breakup. Maybe they are dealing with relationship issues. Perhaps they're going through a, a challenge at work that kind of t- touches some of those things that they've been dealing with. It could be something with addictions and, and some of the habits that maybe uh, they used to have. And it's just being a human being. And what I have, both in skill and heart, is a God-given ability to help people get better. And I'm not just saying that because I think it. It's what people tell me. I have testimonials, case studies, people every day that tell me thank you. And I'm not saying like, oh, look, I healed them. Of course, it's the Lord. It's Jesus who touches and who changes people's lives. None of us can heal anyone. You have to first want to get healed. And second, it's the Lord who does it. But as far as, like I said, someone who needs to lose weight and they join a gym and they have a personal trainer and we can't say, well, that was Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, of course, gave you the the health, the time, the money to join that gym, the perseverance. But it was that PT, that personal trainer who helped you in the same way. That's what God has equipped me to do. I am the personal trainer of your mindset of your mental game. It's because I've dealt with it and I have I overcome it every day. It's because it's what I've gone to school for, it's what I've trained in, it's what I am certified in, it's what I am. I have a master's degree in all these things. It's who I am. And I also have as I said the the case studies of countless of people that by the grace of God have been helped by my courses, by my coaching, by my one-on-one mentorship, by meeting in person, FaceTime, you name it. And that's what's been helpful. I want to start, or I guess continue, with, as I said, talking about depression in a recent conversation I had with a friend who I was helping that I wish really had been recorded because I felt from what she was telling me that it was truly life-changing. And so, and I, and I thought if maybe someone, I actually was telling another friend, one of my clients, she was saying, man, I wish you had recorded it because I would love to just listen to that every morning because I was telling her kind of what I was talking about. So in a way, I want to record this for you here in case you need to hear it and or if you want to reach out to me and coach with me one-on-one or to be a part of my, my course, then we can talk. But so the situation was, I don't want to get into details, confidential, but the general was that this young lady in her late 20s was dealing with depression, coming from maybe some uh, something more genetic or family, but perhaps also dealt with some circumstances that, I get, again, I won't go into detail. But what I was telling her is what I want to share with you. And that is that because the question was, what can I do? What can heal me? And this is a, a young woman of faith. She loves Jesus. She uh, and my wife and I have my wife and her have her and my wife have been praying for the last few months. They have a Bible study, a lot of great things. But she finally reached out to me and said, I need I need skills here. I need some counseling. I need some therapy. I need some tools. I need some coaching. And so with all that said, what I basically was helping her understand and I want to help you understand that the person who's depressed, they need touch. They need human touch and love. Love truly is what heals all of us, but especially the person that's going through depression, anxiety. They need empathy. They, I won't go into what they don't need because that, that could be a good, a good list too, but well, let me just say what they don't need 
if I can just say it this way, they don't need Bible verses and prayer. Okay, they need they need prayer. They need Bible study. I hope you understand what I mean. They don't need. They don't need chastisement. It's maybe what I mean to say. Sometimes when, and I won't go into this too much. I want to stay with the tools. But sometimes when people, Christians, leaders, people, good, good, willing, good, intended people that really don't have the skills or maybe that's all they've received in their time of need, when they help us, they mostly quote verses and tell us to pray or to serve or to go to church or to do more church things. All good stuff. In normal times but when we're in the ER in the emotional emergency room you need love you truly need empathy you need something like I love you no matter what maybe you want to write some of these um, these phrases down I love you no matter what I am with you without judgment no matter what you go through I will never leave sounds like Jesus huh <laughs> No matter what you're going through, I am here by your side. I am sorry for what you're going through. You can write these down if you need to. This, these are the things that people, when they're in an emotional or a mindset of fear, depression, sadness, of feeling alone, etc. And you can tell because of the way they look at you, that look in their eyes. These are the things you can tell them. I love you. Hug them if it's someone that you know. Obviously, if you don't know this person, make sure you ask for permission. Can I hug you? Can I, can I comfort you through a hug, through a handshake? Uh, males with males, females with females. Unless, of course, it's your husband or wife and you have permission. You can say things like, I'm sorry for what you're going through. You can say it makes sense. Now, this is now more skilled and more... Uh, professional help it makes sense that you feel this way because of what you went through in the past it makes sense you can also say this too shall pass this is normal for what you've been through you'll be just fine you're going to be okay this will pass you won't always be this person that you feel today in fact you can tell them this is not who you really are this is just something that you're going through and it makes sense because of your past, because of what happened in your childhood, because of your trauma, or because what's happening in your life right now. It makes sense. It's okay. Take your time. You will heal. I am here next to you by your side. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. <laughs> Again, sounds like Jesus, right? I will never leave you. <clears throat> I will not, not love you. I will not uh, despise you, hate you. Um, I will pick you up from the ground every time. I will take you as you are. I will love you as you are, not as you should be. All these phrases are healing to anyone from the addict to the person having a cloudy day. From the person who is just off the streets to the pastor and ministry leaders that are dealing with a, one of these kind of moments. This is what frees us. I would say second is relationship, is being in a tribe like this one here called Gozo, right? Gozo University, the David Trigg Show, the whatever you want to call our, our community here. A community called Gozo, a community called Juntos. I love these words. Gozo means joy. Juntos, of course. Gozo right there. Juntos means together. Having a community 
I don't mean that your community now isn't amazing. Your friends, your ministry, your pastors, your your yeah, your friends, your Instagram, TikTok therapist, your quotes that you read online, all that is good. But you need actual human beings that understand you. You know, like for example, if you are a musician and if you want to play music, you're not going to go and hang out with people at the gym. You're not going to bring your guitar and your microphone to the gym. They're going to think, what is wrong with you? We're here to work out, not to sing or to play. But if you go with your guitar and you come to a rehearsal at church or at school or at home in the garage, then you're going to feel accepted and you're going to thrive. You're going to flourish. That's what I mean. It's not that people at church don't love you, but when you're at this place and you need specialized support, you need to be around people like us. You know, there's nothing that heals me more than, as I said, human touch from my wife, from our kids. Second is to be in community with you. People that understand our journey. I don't have to explain or be judged by or feel that I have to hide or or be stronger than I really am or be condemned or feel shame. There's nothing more freeing than to be us with other people. That idea of support, that idea of even a sponsor. You know, some of the things that AA has and other groups, VO and many recovery ministries that I love and I'm a part of. Shout out to my beautiful church, VO DTSA, Tamsanana. We have these things. We have men's homes, women's homes. We have recovery programs. We have all these things that are so powerful. It's the same idea. It's just we gather around mental growth, mental freedom, a mindset that's new in Christ. But we are people of the same kind. We all play music together. We all work out together because we all are dealing with the same problems and need the same solutions. And we find comfort in each other. We find support in each other. Now, we don't just simply sit there and and feel down and just simply encourage each other to drink or to destroy our lives. No, we're talking about growth. And that's why the third thing is you need an expert. You need someone who has the training, the expertise, the knowledge to help the group. And that could be one person, it could be two people, it could be three people. Hello, my brother, brother nine. God bless you, my brother. Talking about how to work through sadness and some of these things that people deal with. Depression, anger, frustration, uh, all the kind of a mindset uh, things that we deal with. And so I was talking about three primary things, my brother. The first one is the importance of being accepted and not judged. And the second one is the power of communication and honesty with people of your same kind and then the last one is to have an expert someone who gets it because when you when we're dealing with anger with frustration with shame on the inside that is hidden and no one sees it can be very detrimental and very damaging i know what it's like to hide behind a guitar behind a microphone behind a, a pulpit and and it's not something that's new nor is it very fun and no amount of success or wife or a house or ministry can ever truly take away that anguish that we carry inside. Jesus does it, but Jesus himself asked 
the man next to him to give him a sponge filled with vinegar. And that is because at his darkest moment, Jesus needed another person to heal him, to comfort him. At Gethsemane, Jesus himself, the savior of the world, the king of the universe, when he was in his darkest moment, he needed an angel, it says in Mark, to come and restore him. Elijah, a prophet of God, many thought that Jesus was Elijah or the second Elijah. So Elijah was a Jesus type. He needed a raven to come and feed him at night. He needed God to speak to him in his depression. David needed the Spirit of God to speak to him and the songs to heal him because he wanted to kill himself. He wanted to, basically, he almost went mad, it says in the Bible in 2 Kings. And he needed his brother, his family, not his brother, his family, his sons, and eventually really the Spirit of God to comfort him. Uh, we can, Of course, we know that Rahab needed the men around her to help her in her darkest hour when she was afraid for her life. She thought she would be killed because she was a prostitute. And God brought disciples to bring her out of her misery and became eventually in the line of Jesus. Paul, he was a man who was a murderer and who dealt with anger and with frustration. And he needed Stephen and he needed, um, um, I forget the name of the, yeah, Stephen. And there's another person, not Ahab, but he needed, I think it was Stephen, correct? Yeah, I could be wrong. To help him when he was blind. And back to even to uh, Jonah. Jonah was a man who dealt with disobedience had all this amazing calling upon his life, this incredible gift to go and change the world and preach the gospel to Nineveh. But Ananias is what I meant with Paul. Ananias is who brought uh, the sight back to Paul, not Stephen. And so anyway, back to Jonah, he needed, you could say he needed a, a big whale or a big fish. He needed to be put on the shelf for a season, you could say to kind of deal with some of the stuff that he had to deal with. His anger, his maybe even his racism, his prejudice. Moses had an anger issue. And these are people that didn't go to church or simply just read the law or pray. They needed help. And Moses, he never got the help that he needed, except his uncle Jethro. His uncle Jethro said, Moses, why don't you try these skills so that you're not as angry at people? But eventually Moses gave in to anger over and over again. And as you know, he hit the rock more than he needed to three times. And so God punished him. I don't want to be punished by God because I'm disobedient or because I didn't get the help that I needed when my anger. I don't deal with anger. I deal more with shame and fear. There are three kinds of people, at least in the world. There are many, obviously, but there are three general people. Uh, kind of habits and vices that we each carry more than the other. One is anger. So maybe you're someone who deals with major issues of anger and you know it, right? You have these these reactions that you try to hide, you try to mask, you try to ignore, you try to pray, but it, it leads you to some destructive behavior. Second is shame, worthy, unworthiness. And that's that's the camp that I'm in. And so if you deal with issues of shame or of of um, unworthiness, insecurity, these words that no one talks about, especially as men. It's like, what? You're insecure? What's wrong with you? 
But these are the things that we carry, no matter how high of a leader or how amazing of a musician or preacher or ministry leader we are, graduate from this or graduate of that, or I've recorded so many records and hit singles, whatever, doesn't matter. That shame is so deep within many of us. And then the third kind of person deals with fear, anxiety, overwhelm, overthinking, the hamster wheel never stops, always spinning, spinning, spinning. And, and, and now each person or each type of person deals and copes with it in different ways. And that's something that I do in my coaching is we go over those things and we go back to biblical principles to give you tools. So back to my, my friend. So I was telling her that what we need, what she needs is love, acceptance, touch. She needs a tribe. She needs a professional or someone who knows, a skilled friend. And really, as I said, this my guess is that she's in the, I don't know exactly, I haven't worked with her too long excuse me, my guess is that she's in the shame and insecurity and guilt kind of quadrant. And so I don't know, as I said, for sure. But if that's the case, like many of us are, we need a ton of comfort, of support, of help, of love, hugs when appropriate. Again, if it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, if it's a friend, siblings, of a lot of empathy. What they don't need is roughness or get over it or or I know it sounds crazy to say to not pray. Of course, always pray. If anything, that's the main thing, the best thing. We need the Spirit of God. But we're talking tools, the things that the Spirit of God uses. We know that the Spirit of God isn't just some presence. It is joy, it is peace, it is love. And so the fruits of the Spirit are tangible and practical. And so we need empathy. Galatians 6, right after Galatians 5, it says that we ought to carry each other's burdens. And so there are things, of course, all over John, it says that we need to love one another as Christ loves the church. It's Colossians 3. My point is that we need to have practical, tangible ways. We're humans. We're social beings. Most of the shame and anger and the insecurity or the fear, the overthink, the overwhelm, the doing too much, the having way too much fun, running away from your problems... A lot of that comes from a lack of true honesty or the only honesty comes between you and God. Now, for some people, as I said, that works, especially for older generations. But I don't know many people, let's say under 40, that aren't social when it comes to their problems. I mean, just look online, right? Everyone is telling everyone about their problems. So in the church, though, we kind of regress. We kind of go back to kind of like our older, like our parents, even my parents, not even my generation, but the one before me, who hid, and maybe it's your parents and my parents, who hid and hide most of their, quote, problems. And even though they were Christian leaders, maybe they weren't, maybe they were pastors, maybe they weren't, they didn't learn the value of conversation, of therapy, of counseling, of coaching, of tools. Instead, they grin and bear it and pray. They grin and bear it and talk to God. Here's the thing. That heals a lot of people. And maybe you're one of those people. That that's how you're going to heal. I was never healed that way. I found a ton of tools when I finally got to specific biblical um, aid or specific biblical tools, not just general reading or having my... Even my, my ministry leaders quote me verses. It's, it's, it's the same verses, but it's how you say it. 
It's how you apply it. It's back to my, my example of a physical trainer. We all know to run, to eat less, to work out, lift weights. But when you have a physical trainer that's been trained and skilled and has helped a ton of people, it's like they say one thing and it changes your life. And you're thinking, wow, how do they do that? I know what to do, but they said it and somehow it helped. It changed me. That's what we do as coaches. That's what many of us need. It's not that you can't just do it yourself. It's not that you don't know what to do. It's just, well, why are you still depressed? Why are you still anxious? And even that, I shouldn't say it that way, because being anxious for the rest of your life is no sin. Dealing with sadness for the rest of your life is not a guilty thing. It's not a thing to be blamed for or to be ashamed of. Dealing with anger for the rest of your life, what we do is we become more like Jesus. We're becoming, we are, we are being presented, we are being perfected every day. Are you less lustful right now than you were when you were 10, 18? <laughs> yes. How much less? I don't know. 10%, 5%, 1%? Are you the same? Are you more anxious now, less anxious now than five years ago? By how much? 100%? Less? 20, 30? My point is growth is gradual. Just like losing weight is gradual. Just like spiritual maturity, gossip, anger, frustration, emotional uh, emotional issues, people leaving the church because someone didn't sing the right thing or someone said the wrong thing. These things linger in churches. Churches split over emotional damage <laughs> and what changes us is discipleship and specifically within discipleship is mental mindset freedom freedom in christ with tools with touch empathy lots of love lots of understanding lots of professional help there's therapy then there is those of us that are in the middle that are trained coaches and then there's the regular person who can help you all three are important and then there's just you, right? You and God, you and your Bible, you and the Holy Spirit. Whatever works, all four, the foundation is always Christ. But what I have found to be very important is that most of us and many of the people that I help, they need tools. They need someone to say, back to my gym analogy, hey, when you go down, when you bring, when you are squatting and you have the weights on your back, First, I would try 25s versus 45s, a little less weight, just based on your body composition, how long you've been working out, and your, your, your body fat index, right? <laughs> oh, wow, okay. Oh, that feels so much better. Now, when you're bringing the, knee, the, the weights down, maybe instead of going down to all the way to the ground, try going down to 45 degrees. Oh, looks great. Okay, try it again. One, two three okay that's good now let's try a little more weight and let's try now doing two so you see what i mean right when you have a coach when you have guidance you're not going to say well let me just pray let me just talk to jesus lord should i do three or two lord should i do 35s or 45s now of course we should pray when we go to the gym of course we should pray when we're dealing with sadness or depression or whatever of course I would never, ever, ever say to not seek Jesus. He is our healer. He is our gyro. He's our provider. Absolutely. But we need tools. We need, oh, wow, that's what you do. Oh, Now, then you tell me, does it help? The things that I'm saying about empathy and hug and love and non-judgment, does it help you? 
if you are dealing with some of these things or not. If it is helping, then put a one in the chat. Say yes, put a thumbs up. If, if what I'm saying you know is true because it's helped you before, maybe you have been with someone who understands. I don't mean just once, but I mean like, you know, I went to therapy for 10 years. That's how screwed up I was. <laughs> Shout out to my therapist. Shout out to Jerry. Jerry, Jerry. Each, each session was $125. I probably spent $100,000 in therapy. By the grace of God, I had the means. But imagine if you don't. And I, I had church. I had Jesus. I had a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. This is when I was maybe in my 30s, 20s to 30s. I was a pastor, I was ministering, churches of a thousand plus, all of that. My faith was weak? No. I was in sin? Nope. I was not trusting God? Nope. I wasn't reading Matthew 5, Philippians 4, and, and Psalm, 1, Psalm 121, Psalm 81. I was reading all those verses. I hadn't been freed in Christ. I hadn't prayed. I hadn't prayed that demon out. I was praying all those demons out. And yes, the demonic is important and we need to be delivered from the demonic and we need to be delivered from emotional hang-ups and from generational curses. I believe in all of that and I teach that as part of my training. But you also need some tools that are biblical, that are just, like I said, practical on how do you lift this weight, how do you do this in a, in a, in a powerful way, in a healthy way, in a way that's not going to injure you or hurt you. Those are the things that we all need to consider. So I hope that helps. I hope that these tools and these live streams can help you. I'm here because I love you, because I feel called and, and equipped to be a spiritual father to many. It's the calling upon my life. It's what God has always done in me. It's what I love. Both my wife and I and our kids are living proof. This is what I've given my life to. I am a broken vessel. I'm a wounded healer, but I am healing and I am wounded and I'm here to help. And I have the compassion and the love and the training and the most of all, just the empathy that you need. And I have different packages that I offer from 12 weeks to 24 weeks to 48 weeks. We can do three months, six months, a year. We can do once a week, twice a week. You can be a part of a group. You can do a course, all kinds of things that I offer to help people, especially this summer when maybe there's a little bit more time, perhaps not as crazy, perhaps it's even more crazy. But you know that this is important for you to have that foundation for the rest of the year. Let me know. DavidTrick.com. I'll put it in the chat here. DavidTrick.com slash coaching. Or you can just DM me, message me, whatever you're watching this. And email me or text me if you know all that stuff. And just send me a message and I will get back to you and we can get started. Okay? Thank you for being here. And I'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.